never gonna give you up. <coughs> it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slave. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slave. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, DC gets the last laugh on us with the first Joker images. And video. And video. There's a video in there as well. Captain Marvel's trailer nearly breaks the internet, Mike. I'm going to have to ask you later if this broke your internet or not. <laughs> I think you meant Captain Marvel's trailer nearly wrecks the internet. I, I Nope, she breaks things. She doesn't break <laughs> things. Um, this week might have been too much news, Mike. I think oh we gosh, might we much. might be pushing the, the, the physical limits of how much news you can put in one news show because... We've we've talked every time I shared something you like this is just piling up. We are we are at news capacity here, and I'm very yeah. excited to talk about it. <laughs> to the rafters, as they say. Yes, and more. Yeah, it's a it's a example of if you go check out the show notes for this episode at uh, superheroslate.com. I wouldn't say there's any more bullet points. Actually, maybe fewer than a normal episode, but like every bullet point is kind of like cover image news like if somebody was gonna like make the superhero slate magazine like all of these could potentially be like covers for that issue so i we got a we probably got a lot of a lot to break down here a lot of blue links actually too yeah a lot there is um yeah several blue links i think the information here is very important because this could probably shape out our next six months of news right here with each one of these bullet points Uh, oh yeah easily the next six months of what we will be talking about or, or reporting on and that's that's very exciting, I think, yeah, to it, me. It's always it's always a big news week when you get a premiere trailer for like a, a top tier superhero property. Mm-hmm. So we got Captain Marvel this week, so that was already like already a great way to start our Sunday recording session. Yep. But then you got all these other ones, man. I was the Joker stuff came out of nowhere, but you know we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But what, yeah. what what have you been up to, Chris, this week? Uh, this, this weekend, it's, uh, we are getting the remnants of a hurricane, I think, that hit the uh-huh. East Coast, so it's been rainy and kind of just dreary and the first signs of cold this weekend, finally. So, it, it it's like the first day of fall, pretty soon, isn't it? Yesterday, today, tomorrow. <laughs> so, it... Yeah, but- my wife has been stocking up on soup, and it's way too hot out here on the West Coast to eat soup. So, like, every week when we're at the grocery store, she's buying another can of soup, and she's just like, if I keep buying them, eventually the weather's going to get cold enough to eat soup. So, and we came to the conclusion the other day, is like, you're just going to have to wake up in the middle of the night to eat your soup. That's the only time the weather and the temperature is going to coalesce for top soup-eating temperatures. Uh, it's true. <laughs> well, we are, we are actually having soup for dinner tonight, so... Hey, there you go. Yeah, uh, because it is, like, uh, a nice 60s and rainy here, so... It feels way colder than 60s. I mean, we like to dive into the weeds on this show. What kind of soup, Chris? Uh, I believe it is cheesy potato soup. My wife is Ooh. making it in the crock pot. It's the first time she's made it, so Ooh. we're very excited to try it out. That sounds wholesome. Yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, she, she got up this morning and started working on it, so I'm very excited for it. And then... Um, we because of uh, we were working on we're like finishing up our house stuff around a little bit. Uh, we did the the Walmart pickup order for groceries for the first time, where you place it on the oh, app and they okay. you just pull up and they bring it out to you. And um, there are times to do that and times to not do that. I'm starting to see because we got <laughs> there and we still had to wait. Probably like we were the second one there and we still had to wait like 20 minutes. 
25 minutes in the car and then other people like by the time we got in there so like five more cars had pulled in i'm like this is going to be like an overwhelming <laughs> kind of like thing for for a lot of stores so if i i i don't get to go to the grocery store as often as i like to anymore but i definitely appreciate it more than waiting outside of a store waiting for the, someone to bring the groceries to me the, the technology encompassing food uh in this uh, generation is uh, really crazy our store has started to add these electronic scanners uh when you walk in the door so basically you can scan your own groceries not on your way out while you're shopping you get like this giant kind of like little uh tablet you hold a in your giant hand. little tablet Great. Yeah, and you. Well, in comparison to like the cell phone in your pocket, it's giant. Okay. Um. But so you go around and you scan everything that you put into your cart. So like you're like, oh, I want this jar of pasta sauce. I scan it. I put it in my uh, my reusable bag. And then when you go to check out, you just scan the machine, and it so like you bypass all of like the taking stuff out of your cart and scanning it and then putting it back in. We've yet to try it yet. It seems a little intimidating. We're kind of set in our grocery shopping ways, but maybe we'll give it a shot. But then I heard uh, from a friend that Little Caesars just dropped a new app um, that is like almost next level above the Domino's app because you can go on the app and you can like create your pizza or whatever in your order. And then I guess they put it in some sort of warm locker. So you just walk into a Little Caesars and like you scan a code or something with your phone and it like unlocks your pizza and you just like walk out. You don't even have to interact with the person. So this is all I like crazy. That. I like that yeah, idea. This is, it's nuts. I used the Domino's app for the first time last night. Now I don't <laughs> like Domino's pizza. Uh, let me get that out of the way. I've been I've been riffed on many a times by my friends for saying I don't like Domino's pizza. But I was craving like just breadsticks last night, and it was like late, and I just didn't know. Like the most annoying thing about finding food is like specific foods. Like yeah, I can go on Yelp and look for pizza. Or I can go on Yelp and look for, like, barbecue. But, like, if I want, like, a specific item, like, Yelp is trash for looking for that. So I just had to, like, just go, like, oh, in my head, what has breadsticks and what's open late? And I was like, oh, I think Domino's does. And I think they have an app. So it was nice, though. I just – I paid on the app because another huge pet peeve I have is when you do carry out at a pizza place and you go to pay them and they print your receipt and there's a tip line on it. And it's just, like – you didn't really do anything. Uh, yeah, it's just like I, this is not a sit-down restaurant. No one delivered this to me. I'm doing all the work here. Like I see that oven back there. I'm not saying what you're doing is not hard, but like that oven's a conveyor belt. That's like pretty slick. Like there's not a whole lot of like sticking a paddle in there and turning the pizza around and getting it around the coals just fine. So I was like, I just paid through the app. I didn't have to worry about any of that nonsense. Yeah. But well, I yeah. I have also got to point out Halloween candy is out, Mike and. I've discovered the mega mixes of, of, of Halloween candy. <laughs> I don't know if I told you this or not. What's a mega mix? Is this something that's been around for a while or something you've just noticed? This is the name of that I'm calling it because this is okay. the perfect. <laughs> so like you buy the, you can buy the bags of like they got your M&Ms and your Skittles and all the different varieties in it, right? Mm-hmm. And you can get different ones. Well, I found one that is fruit gushers, fruit Ooh. by the foot. And, and fruit roll-ups all in one bag. Whoa, that's not even categorically candy in my head, but it's something I would it's, love to get if I was a kid doing uh, it's got, Halloween. It's got fruit in it, man. I mean, This is technically a bag of fruit <laughs> I'm eating is what I'm imagining. Um, and also, uh, you ever go to um, a Mexican restaurant, of course, and they have the candies and the gums up at the front there? Mm-hmm. And there's inevitably a jar of ring pops at every Mexican restaurant. They're like 50 cents for a ring pop. I usually pick one up every every other time. I found out I can buy a whole box of thirty six ring pops 
for five dollars <laughs> at Target. I have been being ripped off my whole life on Ring Pops. Oh my god! And this I, is hilarious. I bought this the bag. <laughs> I know. So I, I bought this big box of Ring Pops, and uh, my uh, father-in-law and his wife were in town. Uh, so my brother and sister-in-law were they were all over at house. I was like, "You guys want some candy?" They're like, "Yeah." So we're giving them like we have. My wife got Skittles and Starburst and the generic <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, oh "Who wants god. Ring Pops?" And nobody's like. Uh, so my father-in-law, he's like, I, I definitely want one. I'm like, I okay. Love- so I went and pulled out the box. He's like, oh my god, they come in boxes. So he is gonna have like a one on every finger by the time he gets. Oh home. my god, I love how it took until you were like married and a homeowner <laughs> to realize you could just buy those on your own. Yep. Whereas like, I think I made that realization as soon as I got an allowance as a child. I was like, I can just go to the store and buy a box of candy if I want. So well, it uh, it all depends on the type. I'm not you don't see ring pop just sitting there with your m&ms and stuff i'm but i mean i'm very happy with our candy choices this year for halloween and everyone's like oh you got a month and a half i'm like no we're gonna eat all this we'll buy we'll buy stuff for other kids you're such an uh an eclectic eclectic soul chris no thank you thank you and on top of that i gotta say i'm i'm prepping for the next uh, holiday uh funko is making christmas themed marvel pops and and i have a spider-man in an ugly sweater an angry Hulk with presents in his hands. Oh, I like that. A uh, candy cane a Deadpool, and I believe there's a Christmas tree Groot that comes out later as well. So if you want to put your Funkos on display in a Christmas fashion, you can you can go searching for those. So that's well, I was, what, do you, um, what do you got? What do I you got for me? Through, I was just scrolling through our notes here, and I saw that we didn't have a... Um a spider-man section so i figured uh, a quick spider-man ps4 update throw, throw it um, in there i'm i'm well ahead of this yeah I, i'm i'm slowly uh i'm slowly working through the game I, it feels like i keep unraveling more and more things to do on the map which is really awesome like at first you just think like oh, okay the only thing i can do on this map really is to like take photos of landmarks and find backpacks but then all of a sudden you meet a pigeon man and then like black cat goes into the picture and then like harry osborne has like these scientific things and i'm just like there's so much to do it's so great um so i'm like slowly working my way through the burrows uh i've noticed that the little toy the reason why i bring this up because you're talking about pops there uh the little toy that you have to find that black cat puts around um, that mm. looks like a little pop vinyl to me um maybe yeah um, i don't i didn't really get that vibe but it could totally be i was just more interested in like yeah. your controller vibrates when you get close to the little cat and i'm like Oh geez, it? yeah, that scared the it? shit out of me. Yeah, like, I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's been it's been pretty fun. I don't I don't have any idea how far along I am through the story. Uh, all I know is there's going to be some sort of gigantic like mission breakout style event somewhere through the game because we saw that in the trailers and and the gameplay. So it's like I'm starting to put some of these villains away. So eventually I'm going to find my way to the raft, I guess. But it's been really fun. Uh, it's nice leveling up and getting like little boosts to like your web slinging and stuff. Starting uh-huh. to manage the the best part about the game. The game actually gets insanely fun once you really get a knack for combat. So like web slinging, you can pick up pretty quickly, and it's really really fun and exciting and exhilarating. But like I, you know, it was really hard for me to really dive deep until like I figured out how to the, actually combo large groups of villains. Uh, so once that actually happened, like now it's fun. Now like I want to do all like the um, the the raids, uh, the the construction sites. Yeah, yeah, what are those yeah. Called in the yeah. Game? There's the there's the construction zones. There's a couple other ones you'll get as well. So you, yeah, you're gonna have so, some more to do. 
Yeah, doing uh, the stealth kills are fun. Whenever I, whenever I'm about to start a mission where there's some stealth kills, I put on my Spidey Noir costume, especially if it's night out, because I know it's not like technically giving me an advantage unless I turn on the suit power. Uh, but I, I feel like I'm getting an extra advantage, so that's fun. But a lot of really awesome camera angles, some just really amazing cinematic things that aren't even really adding to the story. Like just like a a car will be tipped over in an intersection, and you go down there to save them, and there's like. You're, 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 you're webbing one guy out of a tipped over car yep. and then while you're flipping over it it's about to explode and you have to save the other guy and pull him away from it while midair and man it's been fun it's been a ride it's quite the game. I enjoy your late night text messages where you're learning how to do moves and, and combos, well, yeah. and, th- and those were fun. Like it, it does. I mean, there were points even later on in the game I was looking up how do I do these moves because they don't go, they don't, they don't hold your hand through any tutorial when you unlock a new one. They just like hey. You bought this. Good luck. Go read the go read the, the, the move list. <laughs> yeah, and there's so much going on. I keep forgetting I have that web wheel of all of this different type of webbing. Mm-hmm. Like it, I'll be like almost done with a mission. I'm like, oh yeah, I have this web bomb thing, and I was like, oh wow, that's really helpful. That would have been way easier if I realized I had that. Yeah, yep. Impact webbing is my favorite. It's the one where you shoot it and they hit him and they go flying against the wall and stick. Usually. Uh, oh yeah, that's cool. Um, I I found a um, there is a there is um a, a, something you can do. If you shoot the, do you have the late the trip mine web yet? I just that's the one. It's like um, I think it was called like a delayed impact or something. Like you throw it and then it sticks on a guy, then it blows up and it gets all the other guys next to him. Well, no, I think that's what. So you, eventually you'll get a, a trip mine, like a like a motion detecting okay. one. Shoot an gotcha. enemy with that who is next to another enemy for a fun surprise. They don't uh, okay. they don't tell you to do this, but I I. I I found it out on accident when I missed where I was really <laughs> trying to shoot for. So, uh, um, yeah, there's some fun things you can do in there that you really don't expect. And, and uh, yeah, I agree. It was fun. I mean, I, I, I blazed through that thing so quickly. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back with the new game plus mode, stuff like that. So uh, you ready to go into the news? You ready to hit these bullet points? Yeah, let's get it. Let's man. get it. Okay, because the first one's really... I, I'm excited to hear your take on this. The Joker, the movie, the standalone Joker movie uh, being made right now. We got our first look last Sunday after we got recording um, <laughs> of the character Arthur Fleck, played by um, Joaquin Phoenix here in his just normal looks like person attire, walking through like a really rough alley-looking thing here, maybe, I guess, or like some sort of bad part of town. And he looks really creepy in this outfit, just as a person. What do, you, what do you, I mean, anything here that you see? Uh, yeah, uh, so are we talking uh, without clown makeup or just normal? Before, before the clown, just the normal Arthur Fleck look, not Joker look. Um, which Arthur Fleck is a Fleck, which is like Affleck. <laughs> what, huh? You see that? You see that? I, I see that name saying. is not in the comic books. So it's made up for the movie. So, oh, okay. Just to give you a heads yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he looks like a Joaquin Phoenix dressed like a normal human being, but also he could be a serial killer. <laughs> I don't know. It's just the way he's put himself together. Uh, that was the one thing about this Joker movie announcement that I think, surprisingly, a lot of people weren't apprehensive about. When they heard Joaquin Phoenix, I think they pictured Joaquin Phoenix in their brain. And they're like, wow, yeah, actually, that would be a really good Joker. Like, he has yeah. kind of the facial features. And we know Joaquin Phoenix is a phenomenal actor. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's Oscar nominated, and uh, he could be a winner for all I know. Uh, but Joaquin Phoenix has the chops to do what he wants. Um, I could see the I could see the worry, you know, when there was um, the Heath Ledger Joker because he was kind of like the the pretty boy, but he he transformed 
performed and it was great. But Joaquin Phoenix, I feel like he's already off on a great start. I feel like all the the woe that we had on this show around the Joker was when we first started getting word, you know, it was supposed to be uh, alongside of the Jared Leto Joker. And then we were like, well, a standalone, where does that fit in the continuity of the universe? And we just didn't really know where the movie was going to fit. So that's where all I think all of our, our, our apprehensive was coming from. But yeah. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is looking great right now. Yep. Then we got our first official, I guess, test footage from the director of the movie, Todd Phillips. Uh, with Joaquin Phoenix, it's like a slow zoom, and he's, it looks like flashes of him in the Joker makeup until he's revealed to be in clown makeup at the end over the song called Laughing by the guests who had to look up the song. Uh, this is mind-blowing. Like, like, this test footage alone feels really, really good just looking at the evolution of the clown makeup on Joaquin Phoenix as it zooms in on him. Um, oh, th- yeah. If, this like this was, this was to, huge news this week I, as well, I feel. Yeah, if they're trying to hit the, the tone right, uh, this is the exact tone that I would want from a movie like this. It just seems really creepy. Uh, it's an interesting... It almost seems like the, the no-brainer way to take the clown makeup. It's like they've done every other type of clown. So I guess they went the John Wayne Gacy route of the clown who mm-hmm. was a serial killer uh, in real life. Um, the, you know, you got a little bit of the, the Heath Ledger hair in there and then, like, some new clown makeup. Um, this almost kind of looks like a... Um, like a, a Joker that you might see, like maybe possibly in a video game, just because uh, usually superhero video games have a, more of a creative license to just kind of like whip up their own versions of the characters, and you know, no one really gets too like butthurt about it, just because it's in a video game. It's not messing with the continuity of their comic books or movies so much. This is kind of what it feels like when I'm looking at here. Is just some like artistic um, version of what they would want the Joker to be, and we're lucky enough that it gets to be in a movie, and it looks sick. Uh, we have some other photos here where yeah. it looks like they're in a train station. And I don't know if you saw the video, but there was like some like behind the scenes of somebody uh, maybe behind the, the caution line that you're not allowed to cross. Uh, the public uh, was getting some like maybe Snapchats of it. And uh, there's this pretty interesting scene where the train arrives at the platform, the doors open, like a rush of clowns like run out to like attack somebody. They're like mauling them on the ground. And then Joaquin Phoenix just walks walks out one door ahead and just walks towards the camera and he's like smiling and then he goes like deadpan face like in that test footage like this this movie looks like it's gonna be awesome yeah i mean it looks again they they have they've they're doing this they're not beholden by any universe like you said they're they're doing their own thing with their own look and their own style and 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 we've as long as we you know i think we both agree as long as they make a good movie I don't care what his makeup looks like. Like, we want a good film, and, and, and it goes with it. And I really like these second images here from this train station is, like, there's a range of emotion here from Joaquin Phoenix that all fit the Joker. Like, from very, like, happy giddy to, like, I will stab your eyeball out in a minute. Like, it is back and forth all over this. And, you know, I was talking to someone else about this. We've had six iterations of the Joker to look at at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And while everyone, I, and I've looked at the reactions, everyone has always complained about the one previously. They were like, oh, this, you know, Heath Ledger, nobody liked him when he first they first showed the image of it. Like, that, that came later. Um, the same thing happened with um, Jack Nicholson. Uh, people criticized him over his weight and, like, the prosthetics on his face. Cesar Romero had a painted-over mustache for the entire... <laughs> yeah. 66 run um we don't hear a lot about um cameron monaghan's joker on on gotham but i mean he's a 
I guess that he, actually doesn't of, that doesn't look too bad. I've seen yeah. some like side by sides and collections of the Joker's on my timeline uh, <laughs> this week, and those don't look too awful actually. Yeah, and and um, the at least we're not getting Jared Leto's Joker. This this one doesn't seem to be as damaged as the previous <laughs> one, if you will. Um, and I think you know we should all just just be happy about that. I love the green hair. I love the eclectic colors in his outfit: the red jacket, mm-hmm. the the orange vest. Um, friend of the show, Bryce Smith said it reminds him a lot of the animated series Joker with with the color choices here. Um, mm. But the, the the I guess the classic clown makeup is what I'm really just drawn to. Um, the very very classic entertainment clown rather than Joker from the comic books, who's usually just painted yeah. pale white with the grin on. Yeah, face. and a, and of course, as we all know, this is supposed to be a kind of an origin of the Joker. So this could obviously just be proto makeup, also as he, well. He could you know? he could evolve by the end of the movie. This could be a very early scene. Yeah, I think that. <laughs> The thing, this is almost kind of like um, uh, live and die by the sword here, where we have like this awesome Joker that's being uh, made up right here. You know, let's cross our fingers, and hopefully this is just a really awesome movie. Joaquin Phoenix is a great Joker. What's everybody going to want next? They're going to want him to fight Batman. Hmm. So it's just like we're not really going to have an established Batman for him to fight. Uh, They're going to have to cast somebody new. And then it's like, well, what universe does that Batman live in? You know, we're going to want to see him fight a superhero at some point in time. That's kind of the joy of, like, comics. That's the joy of franchises. So it's like, yeah, I want it to be a good movie, but then it almost just seems like a, a waste just to do, like, one good Joker movie maybe not roll it into something else. I guess we're just, like, so spoiled and accustomed to all of these, like, uh, overarching stories that it's like, man, I hope we do get more of it if it's really good, you know? Well, I mean, I... Yeah, I do hope we get it. It's really good. But, I mean, even if we get one good standalone, that's that's really all we can ask for at this point. Um, the idea of franchising in universes, you know, we, we're used to it and people have tried it, but when DC did try it before... Um, it didn't really work out. So That's because they did it the wrong way. They tried to rush it. It didn't work. <laughs> so I'll just let them make this one movie, and, and we'll go from there. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see what that looks like. But speaking of Batman, we're actually probably going to see Batman, or at least his suit, in Titans before we see it in the Joker here. And we've uh-huh. got our first test images of that Batman suit, uh, which does appear to be um, different than the movies, it looks like. Uh, I don't think we'll see anyone up close and personal in it, so I think we're going to see it kind of from a distance here. Um, mm-hmm. The thing I would notice, it looks, again, more tactical, probably Dark Knight-ish uh, a little bit, um, but the cowl looks very much um, Michael Keaton era, like kind of rubbery and, and very like, well, pointy I- on the ears. I almost have, like, two theories here. At first, I thought, like, oh, maybe nobody is going to be wearing the suit at all. Maybe it'll just be on a mannequin and just uh, um, Dick Grayson just kind of walks by it and just, like, gets really mad at it, maybe spits on it or something. He seems to be kind of a rude boy. Might be something he does. Uh, Or this could kind of be... um, what is it, a Peanuts cartoon style where you never see the head of Batman? It's just, he's just like a looming figure and you just kind of see like the feet and the chest and you, he never really talks and he's just kind of there as a looming specter for these other Titans. Uh-huh. And that could explain why the cowl just does look really out of place. Maybe when they were doing the suit test, they were just like, okay, yeah, you know, it looks like a tactical like black suit, but uh, just grab that old rubber Batman mask and let's see if it pulls together. Or the mask itself could just be a lot more complicated and maybe it's still being worked on and they just wanted to take these photos. Um, I mean, uh, 
the Titans kind of CW DC Berlanti universe had problems a couple you know weeks ago when the Flash test suit got leaked. So this is obviously a leaked image. This is no promotional material. Mm-hmm. So we could be looking at a very much unfinished suit because I'm I'm sure he's not going to be wearing denim pants like in, in this one right. picture. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you go to the next one, I mean, it does say Cal test, and the next one does show in complete darkness, pretty much. So I think, you know, I, I agree we may see it from a distance. I don't know if they haven't cast anybody that we know of in it. Um, but they are working on it to at least show that someone someone will be in the suit at some point. They may We may just not see actually who it really is by the end of it. It, it feels a little Dark Knight-esque yeah. with the armor plating and the buckles in the front. Not so much um, current uh, DC Batman. Yeah, very, very much so. And uh, it, it doesn't, uh, from the shadows, it looks like Batman, all right. I'd, I'd be like, yeah, that's probably Batman. So <laughs> they, they nailed that. Uh, Wonder Woman 84. I've got a little bit of a, a rumor here, so take this with a pinch of salt, whatever that may be. Um, Pedro Pascal is probably playing a god in disguise in this movie, much like the okay. other one was. But he's rumored to be Hades, who is King of the Dead, or Lord of the Dead, and Diana will make a deal with him to bring Steve Trevor back to life. That's why we see him in 84. But she probably does not read some fine print or something that <laughs> makes us go all to hell by the end of um, it. Yeah, he's some sort of genie, didn't read the fine print, always trying to make things uh, go wrong for people. Uh, yeah, I say this is a, that's a competent rumor. Who knows uh, if Wonder Woman would be that naive to do something like that. She seems to be a pretty competent hero from what we've seen her do, always doing the right thing, sacrificing well, when things need to be sacrificed. What so she thinks would... is right, at least. Yeah, Someone she, could be so... leading her in the wrong direction. Because, I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't have any access back to Themyscira. So, like, if she can't go back there, she may not know about this god or... yeah. Maybe there's a point of weakness, you know, who knows, maybe she can becomes like an alcoholic briefly at the beginning of the movie and just starts making random wishes to just people she thinks are gods. Uh, one thing that I can say that I enjoyed about the Justice League movie uh, that I probably will never watch again, but it might be on HBO. Maybe I can just watch it for free and fast forward to the part. I like Justice the kind League, of... Justice League, I think, is on Netflix. Oh, is it? I think... Justice League's on Netflix? I, I think don't know so. about that. I think those all go to HBO. Either way... You might be able to stream it. The, correct me if I'm wrong. In Justice League, didn't they have that kind of uh, big CG montage where they showed all the gods kind of fighting, and then that's where you saw like the green, the Green Lantern briefly make a cameo. Oh, um, I think that was in Justice League, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, not, the gods aren't fighting. It's um, what's his face, Steppenwolf, fighting on a bunch of Earth's warriors, and there were a few gods in there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I think Hercules was there too. That's one thing that I think could be really explored well in the DC universe. Um, And I think uh, it would be fun because you wouldn't have to really stretch the audience brain to attach themselves to like a galactic kind of uh, race kind of coming to Earth and that's how you have to fight. But I think like a a God's mythos would build in enough magic to your movie where you wouldn't have to explain too much. Like it took Marvel a while to kind of build up to the logic of like sorcery and outer space. You know, but uh, Wonder Woman, they, sh- they could obviously just lean into the God stuff. So, yeah, I'd be OK with uh, bringing in uh, Hades to this movie. Yeah, I mean, I- I'm totally fine. I think, I mean, the God stuff is kind of all they have to lean on at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I- they've not really introduced their magic or anything like that yet. And uh, they- I mean, they-, they set that up pretty good there at the beginning. And, uh, you know, anything for for Diana to be able to either go back home or, or find Steve Trevor would be, you know, 
probably something that she would probably be like, yeah, sign me up for that, whatever, whatever it is. And it, um, it was that lady did die in, in Wonder Woman. We were right. Last, you were right last week or two weeks ago, whatever that was. So, um, and Justice League is not on Netflix. You're right. I, I think it's on Netflix in other countries, not here, because HBO doesn't have that in the yeah. other countries. So that was my fault. I believe, I believe that. Cool. Uh, probably the the biggest thing uh, this week I think everyone has been talking about or, or seen is the Captain Marvel trailer, Mike. Ooh, the full yeah, trailer. So it's it's awfully nice being out here on the West Coast when you can just wake up in the morning to a brand new trailer. I didn't have to like wait around for it to drop. Mm-hmm. It was just there when I woke up. My pretty little head on Tuesday, I think. Yeah, it was Tuesday morning. Tuesday. Yep, when she yeah. was on Good Morning America, uh, and they dropped a two minute two minute trailer here, uh, right right out of the sky, right on us, man. Just like this trailer <laughs> opens up here. Um, I think uh, I gotta just say, you know, first reaction. I'm really I'm really digging this trailer. Uh, I'm really digging what story I think they're trying to tell here, and it's made me question a couple of of the characters' uh, identities in the trailer. Actually, mm. I don't think Jude Law is playing Captain Marvel per se. He could be playing a character called Yon Rog, who mm-hmm. is another Kree who could who is known to be villainous in the store in the comic book stories. So um, I I don't know who he's going to be. They haven't really said his name. I we got to see her powers. We were very you know, worried about how would they display her powers. We get to see mm-hmm. him use her on top of a big train. Uh, I think at the end of it, she goes full on flame binary style power up. Uh, she punches an old lady in the face. I mean, there, there's a <laughs> lot to take in here. I think one thing I, I did uh, notice is this, uh, when she lands on earth, it says blockbuster video blockbuster dropped the video name in 1997. So this is taking place before 97. Ah, really doing your homework? Yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, doing doing my homework here. And I think the, this trailer is cut very weird. There, there are parts of the movie like we get to see her get her powers, but it's like later in the trailer. Yeah, um, I, I think that might go to to describe maybe the type of storytelling they're going to be doing. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be non-linear, which uh, uh, which kind of excites me. Like we might start off with her as her with her powers, and then in the movie we'll see flashbacks of maybe how she got them. Because because uh, kind of makes she doesn't even know what it sounds like. Like she, we'll be discovering with her how she got all her powers. Yeah, I really like the I really like the one shot where the camera kind of spins around 360 degrees and she's hanging upside down, being shocked by something. I don't know if she's imprisoned. I don't know if she's getting her powers right then and there, but it looks like a pretty precarious situation for her. But I really enjoyed that one specific shot. I would say overall, this isn't a, like an internet breaking trailer. Uh, I, I think uh, there's definitely a large group of people that were waiting for it and wanted to see it. I would say it's just a solid teaser trailer. You know, it, it conveyed the emotions that I wanted to see in it. I mean, whenever whenever Samuel L. Jackson is narrating yeah. over your trailer, you, you're already off to the races. That's a great start. And then, man, that de-aging stuff is looking great. I mean, just Sam Jackson, just like being himself he's not even in some sort of like crazy situation he's just like sitting down like in a chair uh turning his head around the phone booth and i was like yeah that just looks like samuel l jackson from the past that technology is getting insane man and and i think they're using it for most of the movie on him as well it's not just a scene here or a scene there like they're Mm -hmm. de-aging for most of the movie um i think a couple interesting things i i really this stick out to me a we get to see the mask the iconic captain marvel mask when she's underwater um, the blue stuff over her mouth is actually the same, um, shielding that they use in Guardians of the Galaxy. Whenever they go in the, the space, they put on that shield. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get to see it with the Mohawk underwater. You can see young Agent Coulson. He's in there. He's looking good, isn't he? Got a little bit more hair up got, front. <laughs> got a little bit. Um, 
Samuel L. Jackson has a pager, which is a throwback to the end of Infinity War, where he pages Captain Marvel in space. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple, a couple. We didn't get to see any scroll shape shifting here, um, and I believe that machine you were talking about, where she's they're wiping her memories, so she doesn't know she's a human. Um, uh. But um, I, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot to take in here. Um, I'm just, I'm just trying to go through it all. We get to see Halla where she's living on an alien world. Um, I, I'm really excited to see this non-linear storytelling, like you said, where she comes back to Earth and has to discover what's been hiding from her, and maybe how many scrolls have actually been on Earth this whole time. Oh yeah, everybody's going to be second guessing every yeah. Marvel movie now, and it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. Uh, I think one thing that I haven't quite seen yet, and I'm not saying uh, Brie Larson can't do this or Captain Marvel is not up to the task, but everybody out there has been saying like this is uh, she is going to be kicking off the next ten years of Marvel. Captain Marvel is going to be our anchor to the MCU, just like Cap, just like uh, Cap was, and just like Iron Man was. So they're saying that she's going to kind of be filling that leadership role of the Avengers, or she's kind of going to be our big hero that we're excited to see make a cameo in like the next who knows like Doctor Strange movie or something like that. You know, I, I don't quite see that just yet, but I think it's impossible to see because you ha- I haven't like experienced the story yet. But uh, yeah, it's going to be kind of a, 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 a tricky task for them to kind of replace any of these big heroes that have been around for like a decade. I think even if they were um, lucky enough to lock down like an original like OG Wolverine early enough ahead of time to kickstart the 10 years, I think that would still be hard to do because you've got all these legacy actors and characters that have done such a great job that are probably going to be retiring in some capacity, you know, at least hanging up the helm for no more solo movies, just kind of cameos here and there. So uh, Brie Larson's got a big task ahead of her, but I, I think almost uh, T'Challa is going to end up filling a lot of that role because well, he's, he's the big, he's a big, huge star. So uh, well, maybe it'll be kind of like a team up between the two of them. I, I, well, them. I mean, to me, I think, I think you're, you're missing something here. We've already started the next 10 years before Captain Marvel. Brie Larson doesn't have anything on her shoulders. Um, I think the next Trinity we're going to see of the big three is, in fact, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, and, and Captain Marvel. Um, that would be an awesome team-up movie right there. That will be our next Avengers because we have Thor, who is a king, being replaced by a king, Black Panther. We have a soldier, Captain America, being replaced by another soldier, uh, Captain Marvel. And then we have a smarmy asshole, uh, Tony Stark, <laughs> being replaced by another smart, intelligent person who is also an asshole in uh, Doctor Strange. So I think they have their parallels and their crossovers. I think they will take off. I like to see. I like to say Spider Man's going to carry some of this stuff, but I think as a young actor, he's just going to be kind of a, along for the ride, um, more so than carrying the weight of you know, most of the universe or the Earth on his shoulders. Man. Now I'm starting to get. Now you're actually kind of bumming me out. You're making me a little sad. I'm just like, oh no, are we not going to see? We never going to see uh, Chris Hemsworth again as Thor. I want to see him come in, but I feel like he's he's made a really good story arc so far. So it'd be sad to see any of these yeah. like guys go. But uh, man, yeah, I think that they've done some good jobs putting people in who who are similar and can tell continue those same storylines and tropes. Yes. So the definition of good job that is for sure. Yeah, and and Thor. To- I mean, most of these people could come back. I'm not going to say they're out for good. I mean, you offer them a good role, they'll come back uh, for it. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. so. That's really fun. Uh, also, speaking of Black Panther and Civil War, the other trailer Black Panther was in, uh, Captain Marvel, the views 
top Civil War and Black Panther, like for for trailer wise. That's the why I use the phrase breaking huh. the internet because I thought they would have more by a long shot um, in this. Um, I guess people really wanted some sort of follow up to Infinity War, and this is still not going to be it for them. Like this yeah. is a, kind of a prequel movie. I'm sure. I'm positive there's going to be some sort of killer after credit scene that links up to Infinity they War. Got, uh, they got they got to. They got like 2 months in a month and a half in between them, man. They got to have something yeah. good. I mean, I'm I'm really excited to see this. I'm really excited to learn how Samuel Jackson loses his eye cuz I think this is going to be the one where we, they tell us. Um mm-hmm. my th- there are three theories out there I'm I'm really enjoying. You tell me which one you like better. Okay. Um where Nick Fury has to fight a scroll who is impersonating Nick Fury and he gouges his own eye out to prove he's not a scroll. Wow, that's badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the other one is, uh, in this trailer, we see a, a, a an autopsy scene with the scroll, and Nick Fury's holding a thing over his eye, where, um, and this is a theory where the um, the scroll, I think it was, was it Talos, I think we said last week, maybe? I forget his name. Um, he he betrays him because he's in S.H.I.E.L.D. as, like, his boss, and, like, betrays mm-hmm. him and, and takes his eye out. Or, lastly, Brie Larson, or there's a scroll impersonating Captain Marvel, and Nick Fury doesn't know that the real Captain Marvel's maybe still out there somewhere, but the scroll ended up stabbing him in the eye before he before it flew off. Well, there's definitely going to be some sort of like Mission Impossible style, uh, like peeling the face mask off. You didn't know I was this the whole time. Yeah, um, or or, or I, I, Coulson's a scroll. The, you know, that 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 could be something. No, he, he probably. I, yeah, I think I've actually uh, I've heard that one too. Yeah. Uh, I, I speaking to the the theory of just trailers. Everybody's kind of predicting the next trailer is probably the one where you're well where you'll get all of your jokes. Uh-huh. Some people like you you were saying earlier uh, like the nitpick just things to death. So there's some people nitpicking this trailer that it's too serious, which is. Really ridiculous nitpick. Yeah. So you, you're probably going to get all your fun little quippy Marvel jokes in the next Captain Marvel trailer. Yeah, I mean she doesn't. I mean you have to to introduce a new character. You have to have a link to an old the old, an old character to bring him in easily. You know what I'm saying? So by using Nick Fury as that bridge to bring her in, like oh yeah, he knows. I mean he's he's been starting the Avengers. Um, they can ease her in, and, and and the next trailer will probably be more of. The, the actual storyline and, and who's going on. And hopefully, knock on wood, that scroll shape-shifting effect is going to be nailed down because I really want, mm-hmm. I really want to see that. Um, lastly, the fun part about this is it comes out March 8th, 2019, uh, which is International Women's Day. I don't think they did that on accident, Mike. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of female empowerment here at Marvel. And we're going to continue that with our next bit of news here. With uh, ABC is working on an hour-long show featuring an all-female Marvel cast. Ooh, which this threw me this threw me for a loop. <laughs> yeah, um, and the the fun I, not fun part. One of the best parts of this is is being produced by writer Alan Heinberg, who wrote the Wonder Woman movie um, a couple years ago. And we and we both, uh, even though we're not down with some of the newer DC movies, we both like Wonder Woman, and I like I think a lot of people like Wonder Woman. So, um, any what do you what do you think about this this show? coming out here like well, do you want well, superpowered I, people do you want shield agents what do you want well i think abc kind of has this unique kind of scheduling opportunity where agents of shield doesn't come back until the summer and it's going to be uh, a shorter season 
So kind of when you look at like a broadcast television, it's split up into usually the fall, the spring, and the summer. So uh, it'd be awesome if they found a way to program all of those blocks with like an original show. So it'd be cool if summer comes along, we get to watch the next season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Then once that wraps up, we get to watch this all-female Marvel cast show, which we'll have to talk about what that even is. And then maybe after that, there could be another kind of unique show. Um, who knows? Maybe it's that, um, maybe it's that, what is that? Bravest New Warriors? What's New Warriors? Yeah, yeah, New Warriors, yeah. Yeah, heck, maybe then that can land in that spring spot. I don't know. Like, ABC is almost like. It's part of the Disney family, but it's also kind of competing with content for the Disney streaming service because we're going to be talking about some other uh, kind of high-quality, high-budget shows here in a second, but those aren't going to be the ones that are landing on ABC. So now I'm just trying to figure out what is this Marvel female cast? Like, is it Marvel female superheroes? Is it going to be like... Uh, like a female Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. Like we had, um, what, Mockingbird well, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., correct? Yeah. Was, was that her code name? Yeah, yeah, Mockingbird. Um, and they they had that pilot that never aired, uh, Most Wanted, I think. Yeah, maybe that could get retooled with some more female spies in it. I'm just curious, um, like what female heroes do you add to this yeah. um, that aren't already kind of being scheduled or rumored for like big blockbuster movies? You know, right? So I mean, so there's there's no absolutely no news on this. There there could be. So in the comic books, there's a couple um, all female teams. One of them's called A Force. That's a more newer one. Um, some of those characters, Captain Marvel was on that team. Nico Minoru from the Runaways is on there. Um, but there's also another team called the Lady Liberators. Um, I believe that one, I forget who's on that team, but I think I want to say there was a, a character called, uh, Thundra, She-Hulk, uh, a, Val- a Valkyrie was on there and, uh, Sue, uh, Sue Storm, um, Invisible Woman, uh, or they could create a whole new roster just for the series of like, you know, C or B list characters who like, yeah, you can't really carry a whole movie with She-Hulk, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Or, or Thundra. <laughs> so they could definitely put those in together, but I mean... An hour long shows like you know, that's a that's a that's a bold move for for this and you know I don't know what kind of budget they're gonna have I'm hoping it's like a 13 episode series to start off uh, so they don't you know waste because I'm I'm agree with you I would like to see every schedule slot have something new um, that, yeah. that's not too long and not too bulky and, and not too costly so they won't cancel it after the first season so yeah and it's got to have a unique take because we're in the age of where. Every network, every streaming service, like every comic book publisher has superhero TV shows now, not just movies, TV shows. So you can't just do the same thing anymore where you just put some superpowered people up in episode one, show them how they get their powers, they get a team together, and then they fight crime throughout the city. And like sometimes the crime is tangentially related to like one of the main heroes through something that they did in the past. Like that's just a that's kind of like just a you just named off like now. every Arrow or Flash episode it, ever done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like you got to find like a new approach at it because. Um, like everybody has these shows like at least like you know a show like the runaways has a unique bent on it where like their 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 parents are like the bad guys um you know the stuff on netflix is uh, at least it's a little bit more premium so they can kind of do maybe those more straightforward storylines because they kind of have the budget and the pedigree there 
But I don't. I just don't think you can slap a team together and throw them on ABC because and just hope that it works because you're not going to have the budget to really get mm. get around with well, like the big spectacle. So there's got to be a good story there. Well, and I think that's why having the the writer Alan Heinberg, who who wrote pretty much a movie based on empowering women and growing up on an island full of women will be beneficial for the show rather than just throwing one together and be like, all right, we're putting it out next year already. Like they're, they're working on it. So, so take, take your time, take your time, Marvel. I mean, I don't want sex in the city with superheroes. Like <laughs> I, I don't want that at all, but I mean, yeah, I, I can't imagine it would be that, but all. also <laughs> I, I understand not all TV shows are, are made for me and you, Mike. Um, it, it's, it's we're getting at a point where everyone can have their own superhero TV show. And, and sometimes, they're just not for us. I mean, have we watched Cloak and Dagger yet? No. Uh, no. I no. want Squirrel Girl, though. Give me my Squirrel Girl, Marvel. It, Stop holding her hostage. Well, I think I think they're waiting for a, for a streaming service. But we do know on the same day they announced this female team, Marvel or Disney streaming service is going to be bringing back what I essentially are calling the return of the one-shots, uh, a limited series focusing on Marvel superhero characters, including Loki and Scarlet Witch, are two of the named characters coming to these, yeah. this limited series. And I believe it's been all but confirmed uh, that it would be Tom Hiddleston and... Um, oh, what's her face? Um, mm-hmm. uh, who plays Scarlet Witch? What's her name? Uh, she, she, has, she has the, the twin sisters who were in Full House. Uh, yeah, it's just totally... Yep, uh, slipping our uh, minds here. Totally lost on me. Uh, but anyway... Someone that's, yelling at us, so... Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's... That's Olsen. Olsen. Yes. Something Olsen. It's Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It came to me. But no, this is huge because this is like this is the beauty of competition, folks. When somebody has enough money and it wants to aim down their rifle at Netflix, this is the awesome stuff that we get. Like to bring in Tom Hiddleston for a limited Loki series is not going to be just expensive from the special effects side of things where you're going to have to like – possibly include like some frost giants since that's kind of the origin of his kind of character i could kind of see him maybe going back to that planet palling around for an episode mm-hmm. you know killing his old uh, father if he didn't do that already maybe he no did he did he did he did. that was at the okay. beginning of the first um Thor. <laughs> yeah i was like but, wait a minute i think they did that already but, but again yeah. and also you gotta pay tom hiddleston <laughs> that's not gonna be cheap <laughs> well i think also you bring up a point here. where does where do these fit in at like as of right now mike loki's dead like, mm-hmm. is this going to tell us the story between, like, uh, maybe how he gets the staff in Avengers? Is this going to be something that tells us what he did on Asgard while Thor was away looking for the Infinity Stones for, like, two years? Like, yeah, maybe. I have, like, a, I have like one serious answer and one uh, funny answer. Well, those and, those are uh, my serious and funny answers, so go, go on with yours. <laughs> well, my, my serious one would be basically the same as what you said for uh, Loki, where I think it would be just him in Asgard when Thor's not around. I mean, Thor kind of has the the problem of when he leaves Asgard, uh, Loki gets to run amok. So I could just kind of see him going around, jumping between realms, causing problems, uh, probably trying to maybe uh, get together some sort of like uh, squad of bad guys that maybe yeah. gets dismantled by... Um, Oh, what's her name? She's the one that actually wasn't in Thor Ragnarok. Oh, Sif. Sif. Like, I, uh, I could see Sif uh, popping in. Well, this. what if he's sending Thor on these wild goose chases throughout the universe to keep him busy while staying in Asgard? Like, he's like, I need to make it look like an Infinity Zone popped up over on this random planet so we can get Thor over there across well, the if, cosmos. If you are telling me we could get a Chris Hemsworth cameo in this Thor streaming uh, uh, series... Uh, I mean, Loki God, streaming I, series, I, that is awesome. I would love to it. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love to check it out. 
That's for sure. So, and my 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 What's joke, funny one? funny funny one is the Scarlet Witch series is just uh, uh, showing us how her accent changed yeah. over from the years. super thick Russian to just normal American accent. So, just every episode, she's going to dial it down so we can see her lose it organically. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe she just she, maybe she just traveling around. It's just her mm-hmm. just like backpacking through the United she, States. If that's something that she's got a Jarvis app from the Vision <laughs> that, that that's like Rosetta Stone is helping her yeah. as she goes. Yeah, she, she has that du- Duolingo app or Duolingo, whatever. Duolingo, yeah. Yeah, it's just her figuring out her accent and then probably shooting some uh, red red uh, plasma at people. Yeah, I'd like to see um, – I mean, I don't necessarily see, but I would like to see some of the Avengers missions they took. You know, A, when Captain America was training them, I think was that at the end of Age of Ultron he was mm-hmm. training the team. Or um, some of the missions like they did after um, – after I guess Captain America, well, there, we don't really wasn't really a whole lot of Avengers, just like Iron Man and War Machine. So, um, yeah, I, I'd like to see I I'd like to see some of those fill in slots. This may be future stuff. This may be past stuff. I don't think we ever get Tom Hiddleston to look like Loki from the first Thor again. His hair was so short, <laughs> man. Go back and watch that. He he looks so young. Um, but I mean, like these are they're expected to be hefty, like rivaling the studio productions in terms of quality and. And, and storytelling, they're, they're not like standalone movies. I mean, they, they might be in terms lengthwise, but I, I think this is a great opportunity to A, bring back the one-shot things that we're, we've been missing for a while without mm-hmm. making one-shots and like monetizing them on the streaming service. Like, you can come watch some new Marvel stuff. We'll put them out, one one of these little episodes out once a week or something like that. I'd yeah. I'd be there every, every uh, week. Unfortunately, I feel like these will end up being inconsequential, though, to the story of the MCU. I think it'll just kind of be some uh, back padding to kind of just fill out just the universe as a whole. But I don't imagine the the season or series finale of the Loki show to like really inform us about a future uh-huh. movie or something like that. So, I, yeah, I would imagine these as kind of the one shots were. Uh, they were just kind of just like these to move pieces around. Really, they were just like, "Hey, yeah. here's how A got to B." Like, what? What did? What did Coulson just drive to Arizona, or did he stop at a gas station and, and take somebody out with a bag of flour that he kicked yeah, into their I, face? I heard. I heard somebody theorizing that uh, when you think Scarlet Witch in a storyline, everybody obviously jumps to House of M. Like, oh, maybe this could be the House of M series. It's like they, they don't even have the X Men no. uh, fully fleshed out yet, and the House of M was a giant cataclysmic event. That affected all of the Marvel universe, and that would be kind of weird to do on a one-off show for a streaming service. Well, you know? it's not even like a full show; it's like a like a two or three episode series at most. Like they're not gonna make a I could, I, Netflix show length. Like that's not what their I goal could, is here. I could see them going eight episodes. I, you know, I've seen some. St- I've seen the industry kind of label. Uh, limited series things that like on HBO. HBO has a ton of like limited series stuff that you're never going to see again and it's just eight episodes. So I could see like eight I think is solid enough for them to say hey this is an actual series but we don't have to go any further past but, eight you know. <laughs> but but like why like at that point the, these actors they're movie actors not TV actors they would sign up for a movie like I, I don't see these people sign up for an eight, eight an I, hour movie essentially eight hours of filming it, for a movie than I think, a TV uh, show. I think it's a it's a different era now where streaming services can like uh, pull in big stars, but also it's the Disney streaming era where they're just like, hey, 
we got just a wad of cash for you, and you know, uh-huh. why don't you go ahead and play this role? And <laughs> I could see it like a villainous way too. It's like, hey, hey, uh, uh, Mrs. Olson, because I forgot her first name. <laughs> Elizabeth, it's Elizabeth Olson. <laughs> hey, hey, Elizabeth Olson, if you ever want a chance to see yourself in another big blockbuster MCU movie, you're gonna do this little tiny uh, streaming uh, series. If you ever want a chance, eight, to eight, eight episode. If, I'm, if we're making eight hour episodes, that's not a tiny little limited series. So I think I. I think I think they'd like uh, that's uh no I don't think I think I'm gonna go ahead and say they're gonna be really short but well we don't know well, I want to see who hey, I want to see who else is in put, this put your stake in the ground Chris so we can say who's right and wrong when these roll uh, it, I'm saying episodes how many are you saying I, I mean I would say four or less okay four and, or and less. not right. and, and and that's if they're an hour long like I think they might go half hour time will tell I think they'll be I think they'll be between like 45 to an hour eight of them yeah, there you go. All in. Whole hog. All right. All right. Anyways, Avengers 4 is our next Marvel, uh, big Marvel movie, where we get to see possibly all these characters again, right? Um, mm-hmm. we, we don't really know. Um, but uh, what we do have is an image from the Russo brothers where they're, they're teasing people. <laughs> they're teasing people real hard. S- surprisingly, this is my favorite news of the week. And that's saying something considering the last bullet point of this episode. So stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, so we got a tweet from the Rooster Brothers, and it says, look hard, and it shows one of the brothers on a set on his laptop surrounded by a green screen uh, of, of stuff. Like, it's, it's black and white, so you can't tell it's green screen. <laughs> People have this, manipulated this image to beyond the ways images should be manipulated just, to figure out what's going on. This is just hilarious. This is where, honestly, this is where people, like, have fun in their position. They're like, I could do anything. I could tweet a picture of where my floor meets my wall in my bedroom, and people will think it's the title of the next Avengers movie. But this is way more than that. You have, like, a ladder in the background. This is all staged, too, because some of this stuff just looks random, but some of it looks particularly placed. There's, like, an easel in front of him with, Uh. like, three frames, like, stacked just ever so slightly. And it's just, like, a a set is, like, a a, a work environment where stuff has to get moved out of the way. There's got to be clear paths. People got to be able to do their jobs. They're hot, like hauling big equipment. Like you can't just leave all this and, stuff in the middle of the studio, Russo. So it's there for a reason. And no one's around them. Like when is a studio ever this empty? Like that thing yeah. is going twenty four seven, whether you like it or not. Um, there, there's a couple things here. I think I think Mike's favorite theory is that there are some hidden letters in here that spell Endgame, which yes. could be the title of the next movie. And I don't know if it's just my human primate brain just just agreeing with patterns because that's what humans do. We like finding patterns, which is why we believe in conspiracy theories so strongly because as soon as we uh, identify something that's like connecting, we just automatically assume it's there on purpose. I didn't see this. Like I'm no genius. I was just scrolling around looking at like individual pix- pixels trying to find like a sticker in the background or something. And then you sent me like somebody drew over each individual thing that like makes a letter and it's spelled Endgame. And the G, I think the G is a little bit of a, 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 a stretch. I think um, uh-huh. I think the Russo is part of the G, if I remember right. Yeah, well, it starts uh, with the I, X and it curves around the tape and ends back at the little delta. Yeah, yeah, but then I was just like, oh, but man, Endgame would be such a good title for the next Avengers movie. Uh-huh. There's a lot going on here. Um, there's two, uh, an easel and a ladder that both definitely look like A's. And everyone's like, oh, it's AA. Uh, and then I did go a little deeper. In the back where it says Nachi, I think that's like a camera thing, there's a machine there. That machine is in the scene with Rhodes um, 
in the Infinity War DVD. And that mm-hmm. chapter where that appears is called Avengers Assemble. And, and, and I, I want to make sure I give you credit if you came up with this. Did you just find this online as a theory, or did you come up with this in your own brain? Oh, I did not come up with this in my own brain because I was <laughs> well. I was looking for that machine there in the back because I'm like, uh-huh. I, I know like that is not a normal looking machine. It looks like actually, if you ever played Marvel versus Capcom, it looks like War Machine's gun from that actually. Uh-huh. And then uh, someone had linked it like, oh, this is in the DVD, and then you can just go to it and it says Avengers Assemble on there. So on this channel, yeah. I've- yeah, I mean, I like Endgame way, way better than Avengers uh, Assemble the, for the next the movie pr- title. Well, I mean, I do as well. The problem with Avengers Assemble is that was an original title of Avengers in, I think, the some of the European countries in 2012. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, they could they could totally do it, um, but they, I don't know. There's, they're just, they're just messing with us. They're messing with us so yeah. hard, man. Like, Man, look at that gigantic light box, too. I mean, that's just a marvel to look at right there. Yeah. It's got to be expensive. Yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> there's time to has been taken to light this this scene properly, Mike. Mm-hmm. Like you said, this is no accident here. This is not something where he just sat yeah. down like, I hey, hope you figure something out. But, like, I don't know. I think yeah. I think we're going to – I think that's our next trailer has been, I think, event confirmed Avengers 4, not another Captain Marvel trailer. So, um we we uh, we are in our I'm, end game, Mike. Yeah, I'm guessing the next Avengers trailer that we get, the premiere for the next one. They're gonna they're gonna toy with us. We're gonna get the title revealed for sure at the very end when the logo reveals. But I think it's gonna be kind of like one of those teaser trailers that you see at like a comic book convention in the very early stages where you just kind of get. Um, where you just get, like, flashbacks from previous movies. Heck, they might even do, like, all of the past phases and just put in clips, and then they'll combine it with maybe some character, like, narrating over it. And then at the very end, you'll see the title of, like, Avengers Endgame, and everybody will freak out because we finally have the title. And then maybe right after that logo reveal, you'll get, like, one clip of something from the movie. Maybe it's like Thanos like on the beach, I don't know, I, in a speedo like doing something. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna go the uh, other way because <laughs> they've already done that trailer with the first Avengers three. I don't think they'll I don't think they'll pull the same trick again. I think they will. But I also don't think they'll put they'll, they'll unveil the title before they give us a trailer because if you put the title at the end the title of the movie will have to be in the trailer title so people will know it before the end. I think I think it's gotta go the other way. They've got to unveil the title, then give us the trailer. But it'll that makes sense. It'll all be one fell swoop. Yeah. From a process point of view, I get it. It would be super cool if I could, if everybody could experience like organically. Like maybe they'll, um, maybe they'll make it like an unlisted video or something, and won't title it, and it'll be something Cloverfield S that you stumble across. Who knows? But more than likely, if you don't get to it right away, it's going to be spoiled because yeah. everybody's just going to put the title in their in their headline that gets shared on social media. It's going to be felt like I think within like three days we'll get a Tyler title teaser. And then, like that's it, like for then. Oh, with that. So you're saying this week? No, no, no. Within a week, like they're not going to give us a title. Wait two weeks and then give us the. Uh, I see what you're saying. So I, I think we're going to get images, trailer, and a title r- right in a row, like all poster and everything. Which um, it's cool to me. So Eternals is another movie that we've talked about several times before, um, and apparently they have already tapped Chloe, I think Zhao, to direct this. Uh, she was on the list to direct Black Widow. I don't. I've not seen any of her other work, so I can't speak to what she's going to bring it's, to the table. 
it's the classic uh, Marvel director hire because I feel like if you would have gone to any of these past Marvel directors that were kind of hired um, just out of a first couple of movies that they've made, I feel like all of their movie posters look the same because that's what I did. I searched her name on IMDb. I scrolled down to her previous projects that she's done, and it's just like it, there's there's always like some esoteric like fancy movie. There's like a dude with a cowboy hat and a horse in one of them, and then there's like a pasture uh, in the other movie poster. So they're always kind of making these heartfelt stories and then they're just like hey guess what what can you do with a gigantic budget and a bunch of cg so this is kind of like the the classic way to hire a marvel uh movie director so it's worked in the past so i i can't be too worried yeah yeah i mean marvel seems to be pretty pretty good on their director hires and if she was on the list to direct black widow that means they, they like they recognize her. she was gonna get something probably if she's on several lists um, the, uh, the, the breakdown for this movie is super powered and near immortal beings known as immortals and a more monstrous offshoot known as the deviants that were created by cosmic beings known as celestials. So that's pretty much the story of the Eternals. Um, it lines up very, um, similarly to, uh, in DC's, I think it's dark side. Um, and then there's another planet. I, I forget what it is off the top of my head, but the focus of this will be a character called Icarus and, um, a, a lady named Cersei. So um, if you pick up some Eternals comics, you might learn more about them. But it's it's hard to explain right off the top of my head here on this show, Mike, without yeah, breaking it that's down. A, that's a very broad concept that I feel like is going to be difficult to really get, you know, running in the MCU. With, with Guardians of the Galaxy 3 on indefinite hold... I think they were like, we gotta, we gotta do this now. Like this is, this is our replacement for that in the meantime until yeah. we figure out what's gonna happen. Because at least with you know the Guardians movies and also Captain Marvel coming up, there's always been like a human. There's been a terrestrial link to Earth for us to just kind of relate with the characters and the stories. But like when you go like e- full Eternals, like that's not just cosmic. That's also kind of like creation level events in the Marvel universe. That's good. that's such a broad concept well, to, to convey. Like I wonder if it's even gonna connect connect at all with any of the Marvel movies or characters at the very, you know, at the very start. I could almost just seeing like, oh, this is a movie that's just taking that's just taking place at the very edge of the universe. There's just some crazy stuff going on there. And then guess what? Maybe some of that stuff will pop up in the future when you're watching like a Guardians of the Galaxy volume six or something, you know? Well, the Eternals, this is all Earth based. Like this is not off Earth. Like the Eternals and the Deviants were created on on Earth and, like, what, Saturn or wherever. Thanos is one of them. Uh, he's a deviant gene, and, and that's why he's so purple and ugly as sin. Um, so this is this is experiments on, on humans, um, and <sighs> so th- this this does have humanity involved. Like, this is not somewhere else out there, yeah. so. And, the, and it, that just makes me worried because it was already really, really kind of difficult for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to get across the concept and the origin of Inhumans that were, you know, experimented and created by aliens, but then kind of, like, left on Earth to their own devices. But what if this brings in the X-Men? Like, what if this is your stepping stone into X-Men? Maybe. I mean, this could be a possible way to kind of kick off the the mutant gene if you needed to. Yeah, like, they. I don't know. Again, I don't know how they're going to adapt this because Captain Marvel is way different than what I know Captain Marvel. Whatever they do here, I mean... um, this is going to tie into Thanos' backstory. This is, might give us a, a kick in the nuts to do X-Men on Earth. Like, hey, you know, something with Thanos and his genes activated a, a mutant gene whenever people were brought back to life. I don't know. Half the people could be have the mutant gene when they come back, Mike, because half the people are gone. There's a lot to do with this um, that's not necessarily out in the, the cosmos, but it could 
lead to the cosmos with the celestials because we've uh-huh. we've at least seen what two two celestials ego and then um, nowhere and they're both dead at this point so uh, I don't I don't know I don't know where this is gonna go but there are four volumes of this book out there and I think the total number of issues might be still under like forty so um, I don't know I'm gonna I'm gonna go read it and check it out and see what I can do I like I like some of their work the artwork so and it was created by Jack Kirby. So, uh, we got that going for us. Uh, any questions on that? No? Good? Yeah, I'm just uh, just curious. That's yeah, all. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of questions. But we have answers with our next topic, Mike. Daredevil, Season 3, launching October 19th, like we said last weekend. Man, Confirmed. That is, that's less than a month away. I haven't even watched any episodes of Iron Fist yet. <laughs> yep. Uh, someone did write in, they, they watched all of Iron Fist, and they really they, they, they liked Iron Fist. I'm not. It's not their favorite, but they really liked it. Um, but did they did they compare it to the first season at all? Oh yeah, yeah. They know. said they they did not like the first season whatsoever, and this is okay. much more much better than that. Um, all right, that's good. That's uh, what I like to hear. Well, also um, the first um, reactions to the first six episodes of Daredevil season three are out. Uh, people are her- heralding it as the best Netflix series yet. Oh, okay. Based on the first all six right. episodes. Um, because of the tie to the Daredevil series Born Again um, and Frank mm. Miller's work. So they are really, really digging that first six episodes. Uh, mm. Initial reaction. I, I wonder how many episodes total we're going to get. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that, I don't know how many they sent of Iron Fist for the screeners. I think they also sent six. So I'll just take a look at that. Well, well, I'm still, I'm thinking, I'm thinking 10, but I could be wrong. I don't know. All right. We'll see. All right. All right. The def- but in, in bad news on the Netflix side, the Defenders Netflix, uh, Facebook page uh, from Netflix has been rebranded to NX on Netflix. Um, so you can't find a Defenders Facebook page; you can only find the NX page. Uh, yeah, I don't. Now. I don't know what NX is. I, I every once in a while I see NX pop up in my Twitter feed, probably being retweeted by Netflix itself. Is it some sort of like? edgy netflix social media account or something it kind of is it it focuses on science fiction superheroes and like other like um powered people and stuff like that like it's where like they they inform you about that kind of stuff um Mm. for that um i'm gonna i'm gonna go to i'm gonna go to the facebook page search up nx on netflix this is nx and this was the defenders page and now it's not so they there's no defenders page making people think well if they were gonna do defenders they would definitely keep this out there and they they've they've taken it away yeah i i mean my only theory is that maybe there could be another team up series possibly but it would just go by a different name Mm -hmm. but then if that was the case it seems like you would want to keep the defenders page around and just do the name swap to whatever that new team like thunderbolts or whatever you know whatever it could have been you would have just wanted to keep that same audience because obviously that would be the the closest audience that you'd want to capitalize on would be the defenders so yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, they, the they, I think they've even removed all of the content pre-September um, 17th because when you go there, you can only scroll down and see them. They change their updated pic, uh, picture. They change a cover photo to the NX, mm-hmm. which has, like, you know, Stranger Things. Uh, our last bullet point is on here, the announcement for their uh, family guy. that Was it Disenchantments on here? Like, they're pushing a lot of their sci-fi fantasy fiction stuff on here because Netflix is, is kind of growing in that regard. So, um, unfortunately I'm not that sad about it. Cause I really, yeah. I didn't really enjoy the defenders that much, which is something I really didn't want to say, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I'm not really clamoring for a season two. I, I would be if they, 
have taken the improvements they've done lately into that. Like, I want to see the Punisher in there. I want to see him show up with that minigun and mow down all those ninjas on that rooftop that we never got to saw him see, Mike. That's really yeah. all I wanted. But, oh well. The X-Men movies, according to Bob Iger, uh, president of Disney, there will only... Um, Kevin Feige will run the X-Men movies, of course. We're not going to uh-huh. see someone else take over the X-Men movies in Disney and there'd be two Marvel universes or two Marvel studios. Um, so this is really non-news, but it does, like you said, it does feel good to hear that confirmation from Disney. Like, yeah, we we know who's taking over the X-Men. He's over there. We already got him. So um, is there any, any concerns or, or things about that you want to throw out there? It was a little reassuring just because I was kind of curious if maybe Kevin Feige might want to retire or pivot his career maybe after the MCU because I got to imagine it's a juggernaut of a job to be Kevin Feige to juggle everything that he juggles I'm sure it's great to be Kevin Feige I'm not saying he's like depressed that he has to do all this work but you know usually people in Hollywood once they reach just a juggernaut amount of success they feel a little bit more comfortable maybe like switching and you know maybe running to something else that's maybe more uh, more even more responsibilities like I could see Kevin Feige being the lead of like an entire like corporation now because he's such a he's such a talent like he could be the next Bob Iger one day well he Um, he is he's Marvel's Bob Iger yeah I mean I I could see him running the entire flagship of Disney uh one day uh but I'm just glad Kevin Feige's sticking around because I thought maybe after Infinity War Part 2 he might like hang it up and give uh the MCU to somebody else but uh yeah I'm glad he's sticking around I, I mean I think he will maybe once he gets a movie nominated for best picture Black Panther doesn't go through he's gonna keep trying for that man he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna ride that out but I, I think he he can't even save us from the Dark Phoenix, Mike. It's still it's still coming. Uh, a trailer was screened at a Russian like uh, event. It's like a movie event over in Russia, and uh, it was described as epic and mysterious. And that's all they can say. And I was like, what? that why, doesn't. Why do, why do they get the trailer and we don't? <laughs> uh, well, this is technically the, I think the second trailer, the second time it screened. Like once was at Cinema Europe, that CinemaCon Europe or whatever, and this was now in Russia. I don't know why they're getting it and we're not. But, I mean, it must be that bad, Mike. It must be that bad that we're not getting it. Uh, they're ra- supposed to be wrapping up the um, the new footage for that very shortly. So they're, they're wrapping that up so we can hopefully get this uh, out of our system and, and move on to the next things by next, what, February? I think 14th. Mm. So. It's like passing a kidney stone. <laughs> yeah, it is, except more painful, I think. I think this is a lot more painful, a lot more time-consuming. <laughs> and uh, news that you probably don't care for, but I definitely do. Kingsman 3 uh, has been confirmed by Fox Studios yesterday and will have a release date of November 9th, 2019. Um, this kind of also, uh, yesterday Fox mentioned a bunch of other movies that can still go into production uh, up until next summer. So, like, they, they're they still moving forward business as usual. This, I think, will affect um deadpool 3 or um what's the x-force like i still think they're gonna just go ahead and start that sooner than later um but this this does know that fox is still making comic book movies with their properties while they still can uh, going, uh, going i mean it looks like this one is still being directed by matthew vaughn so i don't know i don't know if he's the type of director that maybe uh he can take criticism at heart and maybe kind of bounce back from what people didn't like about the second Kingsman movie. I know you liked it, so you probably just want more of the same for Kingsman three. I don't know if I want which, more of the uh, same. I mean, I just, I just want to continue the story. I, I definitely enjoy the, the, the hyper, I enjoy the hyper violence, uh, but I also think it's, you know, the stylistic of James Bond, but a little, a little more 
comic booky, I guess. Oh yeah, I love Matthew Vaughn's style. I just did yeah. not dig the story for this one. Yeah. Um. At the end of the day, I mean, it did it did make them a lot of everyone made a lot of money off that one. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, they'll probably do a third one, but I think this will be the last one. And I think there is also um, isn't there a prequel um TV show or something going on? Maybe I don't I don't know. Weren't they talking about like a Statesman movie or something or? I don't know. Like a, there's like a TV show. There's something else going on because Netflix bought um, Mark Millar. I don't think this went with it, but they're working on some other stuff. I don't know. All we know is Kingsman three at least is is coming out um, November of next year, which is a different time frame than the other ones have come out. So that's they're moving them around. Another trailer we got this week was Ralph breaks the internet. Um, trailer what two or three? I guess at this point, I, I don't know. Um, and it's the second trailer, and it didn't break the internet, I think, as much as maybe Captain Marvel <laughs> did. But it definitely gets... As someone who's not seen Wreck-It Ralph, I kind of now understand what's going on a little bit better. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, Penelope, is a, uh, she's a, a car racing game in this arcade, and apparently her machine breaks, and they have to go to the internet to maybe order a part to fix her machine. Yeah, but you gotta watch the first movie, Chris, because you gotta figure out how she became a car racer, how Ralph even met her. How did Ralph get from his game over to her game? Yeah, There's I'm, so much going on. I, I've, I've, got, I've got it somewhere. I will watch it eventually. But I went through this. Um, trailer, I, what do you think of it? I mean, you've seen the first one. I've not. What do you, what do you think of this, this second trailer? <laughs> It looks fun. I like the kind of dystopian racing world they go to. The car blows up, and Ralph is just like, well, well, at least uh, the the detail is impeccable in this. And uh, I didn't notice it until the second time I watched it. But, you know, towards the end of the trailer, you do get the the Rick Astley Never Gonna Give You Up song. But just until that starts playing, you get, like, an orchestral version of it in the background, like, while Gal Gadot's character is, like, racing around. I was like, oh, wow, the, or- the orchestral version of that, like, that classic 80s song actually sounds really cool. So maybe we'll get some more of that in the movie. Um, Gal Gadot's character looks badass, cause, probably because it kind of looks like her, too. Mm. Um, so you just kind of get these Wonder Woman vibes of her driving a car, kind of Furiosa-style. Um, you get a little bit more Disney princess in this, but it's more of like a photo montage. So I'm glad they're not leaning too heavily on that because like you said, this is trailer number two, but actually I think trailer number like 1.5, I think had like a lot of the Disney princess stuff in it. And that's when people really started freaking about freaking out about the movie. But, um, yeah, it looks pretty fun. I like the first record Ralph. So, so far everything here is looking good. I was worried this would be like an emoji movie disaster, but it looks like they're so, subverting that. It, it's <laughs> funny you mentioned because I got the, this is, I didn't get the emoji movie feeling on the other trailers, but this one I did the most because they had this green jelly bean character. who's like, I'm so sad or like something. I don't know what it was. It was very... I think that character may have been in the first movie, but I don't really remember him. But that, yeah, was, that, re- that was that was the most emoji resonate. movie I've ever felt in this. I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh. that, I didn't like. Um, the other thing, um, there is one thing with the Disney princesses. Actually, they're reanimating um, all of the Disney princess scenes in this movie right now um, oh, because right. they changed the skin color of Anna from the princess and the frog to a lighter skin tone. They like kind of whitewashed her character a little bit and. Um, I don't. I didn't hear this news beforehand, but they were reanimated because they wanted to make her look more like the comic book, or not the comic, the animated version character of her. And mm-hmm. they, they're re like making her skin darker, making her look more African American heritage than they did in this trailer and beforehand. Um, they they worked with the voice actress for that, and the um, I think the 
some uh, organization of like uh, for color people who like work for representation to get people of different races and colors in movies. Yeah. So I sincerely hope that wasn't uh, malicious, but I I have a feeling that it could just be like. I don't know. Colors, colors are a, are a weird thing when it comes to yeah. computers. Like even if you throw you throw race out of the whole component, like uh, you got like different color temperatures on different monitors. You got different reference photos. Uh, you got I don't. I'm sure I've never rendered anything really 3D related at all, but I'm sure that could have a, a bit to it. You know, who knows what artificial lighting is on the scene? So I, I hope it wasn't malicious, but I'm glad I, at least they're doing their due diligence to kind of go back. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was. I mean, I think it's it, the whole movie looks different than any other movie when those characters are in. So it was probably just an, an, an oversight. They were like, yep, move along. You know, we've got a deadline to make. So, um, but I, I, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I, I'll end up watching the first one. Do you know when this movie comes out, Mike, off the top of your head? Because I, uh, I, I think it's November, I think. Okay. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2. I'm going to do a quick search because this is a little bit more out of our wheelhouse than I'm used to. November 21st. There we go. Yep. Disney usually has that on lock. Lastly, the news that I am probably like Ooh. the least excited for, actually, Ooh. on this whole thing, because <laughs> I think this is going to be another train wreck, is Avatar The Last Airbender um, is getting a live-action TV series uh, on Netflix in, in the order uh, right now. Um, the people are very turned off from the last movie, but then Netflix has said that they have the actual two people who created the show uh, as the showrunners are at least working on this show as well. So it's like a little bit more hope. I, I don't know what to take, Mike. Why does this need to be a live-action show rather than continue on with the animation? Yeah. Convince me. Yeah. So, unfortunately, this can't just be straight-up good news because there's so much embroiled into uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, mainly because of the live-action movie, of Which course. Which is my only my- experience into this universe, by the way, so... so. <laughs> I, I am proud to say that I have never seen Avatar The Last Airbender uh, film uh, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, I have seen some like animated GIFs and sections of the movie, like the worst parts that have been shared out there on the internet, and they're just they're just awful. Like everything about them is awful. Like talk about whitewashing. That whole movie was whitewashed. And what I really love is that the original creators of the series are going to be helming this live action series, and they straight up said when this show was announced last week, we hated the whitewashing of that movie. Like the fact that they would just straight up attack the film when it's still technically like a Nickelodeon property usually you'd kind of want to be a little bit you know professional and try to keep things you know placated even if it's an old bad movie they just straight up said like no this is our property this is our baby uh the the that movie shit the bucket so now we're gonna do a live action series uh and i'm glad it's on netflix and not at a a weird place like i don't know tnt or usa you know you know they're gonna get the budget over there at netflix and they're gonna be able to have like creative uh like really creative control over their universe uh the only thing that makes me a little nervous is that uh, they've been describing it as like a retelling so it's just like well i already have a really really amazing version of this story on my Blu-ray box set that's underneath my television right now, and I have like the one of the discs in my uh, PlayStation right now. I'm working my way through the Blu-ray version of the series, so it's like I already have an amazing version of the story. So I'm just trying to think what can these creators add to a live-action version. Uh, I hope maybe they could take the story in some new creative directions. I would hope they kind of take the Harry Potter style approach to where your audience 
it has aged. So don't make this for the same age of audience. Don't make this for like eight to, you know, 15 year olds. You know, all of those fans have grown up. Make this for an older audience. Not saying, you know, I don't think Aang should be saying like, fuck the Fire Lord, like, uh, to like Robin and Titans. But, you know, th- I think this could be a chance for it to be more mature, a little bit more violent. Um, I'm excited to see the special effects, see how those can be uh, rendered in real life. I think there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do here. But yeah, there has been some pushback of people saying like, oh, well, when you take a uh, animated series and turn it into a live action series, you're basically just making the statement that the animated series is inferior and you need the live action version. Because at least when you say you're converting it into a movie, it's you know a slightly different medium. You're condensing the story down to like two, two and a half hours. So you're kind of telling it in a different way. So I just hope it's just not one to one per episode. Like, okay, here's all of our, here's basically our shot list. Just watch the first episode of the animated series and we're just going to translate that to live action. So I just hope there's room here for creativity. Maybe they can make, introduce a new character or maybe take a character down a different path you know there's a chance for them to do something new here but i totally trust these creators i've listened to interviews with them before you know i've i've, I've read things these guys are great so i hope they can make the jump from animation to live action and really make it work uh yeah uh, cautiously optimistic that's the best way to put this i think netflix is going to mess it up just as well as the movie <laughs> did. because I've, I've seen the movie and i don't care about the whitewashing i understand that's an issue but that's just a bad movie, and that did not translate very well to film. And I, I mean, I know it's probably way different, but I was like, I was just not impressed with the story, and it did not make me want to wa- run out and watch the animated <laughs> version at all. Well, I can't. And Netflix well, I, is not known <laughs> for hitting things out of the park right now. So yeah, that's one thing that a little the pedigree of Netflix has lowered a little bit. But this also harkens back to the competition. Uh, thing that we were talking about with uh, Disney making that Loki series. This is almost probably in a direct response of saying, we got Disney breathing down our neck. We need gigantic properties with huge fan bases that we can throw money at because there's a chance that we could get dethroned by the big mouse down there in Florida. Uh, so uh, this is this is all good for, for fans of nerdy stuff. But yeah, I, I there is a little bit of worry there. I'm not like totally confident. I wouldn't like... If I was an investing man on Wall Street and this was a stock, I don't know if I'd put my entire 401k into the live action Airbender series. But you know, I get I get where you're I get where you're coming from. But I will I will say one thing: the one animated GIF that makes me crazy that I've seen of the live action movie is there's like this group of Earthbenders. They're like in a line and they're doing like their crazy Earthbending movements and they're all doing this in sync. And all they can manage to do is raise one single rock from the ground that's not very large. Like, that's just insane. Like, one one earthbender in this universe can can theoretically shift an entire mountain on their own. So, yeah, that's just a ridiculous thing that, like, M. Night just did not grasp. So I think there could be really, really great visuals and set pieces here. But, yeah, cautiously optimistic, and I mm. totally understand why you would be on the other end. Yeah, very much so. Uh, it's also not uh, something I've watched, so I'm not... I'm not very pre- like the content's not precious to me like it is to you like you want something good out of this so to me I'm like Ugh, it's so I, it's whatever so good yeah Ugh. anyway that's our news for this week a lot of bullet points longer than usual show mm. a lot of good content Mike um but if people want to know it what it was a week it was it, wow you're good you're good at time um, <laughs> if people want to see what you're up to know what you're doing where can they find you at buddy well they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter. And you can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com.
com. Chris, people want to follow you, see what you're up to. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or head over to Instagram, Valdan87, or head over to Comic UI. Uh, I also have to say, uh, this uh, uh, November, late November, early December, I will be at Louisville Supercon. You can go ahead and get your tickets online now to that if you want to. Uh, get your one day, get your weekend, whatever. If you're in the, uh, I'm not, we're not really the Midwest, but like, you know, where the little Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, Illinois area, give it a try. I think you might like it. Uh, if people want to know more about Superhero Slate and uh, what we do and other episodes we have, where can people find us at? Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place you can find all the avenues we host our little show and to get our awesome show notes. So I said at the very top of the show, we got a lot of blue links in this Google Doc that we're going to be transitioning to the website. So if you want to see all the stuff that we talked about, those like those Joker set photos, man, it felt like we talked about that like four hours ago. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, th- yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of leak stuff on here. You want to check out that crazy Russo Brothers image and maybe offer your theory to us. You can get that at SuperheroSlate.com. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. If you're a fan of the show, we love hearing from you. Yep. Reach out to us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube. YouTube comments. Yeah. Uh, you can you can shoot us an email. We love hearing from you. I, I love see, I love seeing the hype out on Twitter. We had a lot of news this week, and uh, we have a super fan over at uh, Marvel Fan World on Twitter who was just like, "This news week is crazy. I can't <laughs> wait to see what the guys at Superhero Slate uh, feel about it." So I, I love seeing that hype. That gets me even more excited to record the show. Uh, but if you want to be a super fan of Superhero Slate, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy. And I'm trying to create my own religion and cult here. I've been adding, I've been tacking this on to the end of every episode. So uh, I need to gather as many super fans as possible so I can get the mothership to come from the from the far end of Mars. It's a long trip, and I need all of the energy from the super fans. And once they get here, I can say like, oh, right here, this guy, yeah, he's a super fan. He's allowed to ascend into the UFO, and all of you others will burn on the on the surface. Wow. So that's I'm just I'm just trying to wow. motivate you people. I'm just trying to save your souls. You got to be a superhero slate super fan if you want to if you want to survive the rapture from the far side of Mars. I mean, this just makes sense. So just make sure you share on the show and you'll stay alive. I, I don't endorse this whatsoever, but you know, <laughs> Mike, you, you do you, buddy. You do you. So, all right. Well, we gotta we gotta go get our notes ready for next week's show, Mike. Let's go. Let's go do that, and we'll catch you guys next week. All right. Adios. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. We're going to do it. It's time to do it. Do it, do it. And all the other things. Whoop.